I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, hello everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey. Today, my guest is Helen Petty. So in my mind, Helen is pretty much a rock star. You know, she's definitely got the cool kid vibe that, but in the best possible way where she'd be the kid that would let you sit at the table with you at lunch and show you around at school and make sure that no one's bullying you. Helen is the founder and owner of Chop Shop, which is a beauty and barbering collective here in St. Louis, located in the Grove community. So I've had, I've had so many cool conversations with Helen when we used to run into each other in something called real life that happened you know, back in the before days, um, mostly at Rise, which we ended up kind of being at together. Um, and it was always fun running into her because no matter what was going on, with various things in her life, with renovations or expansions. She always had this kind of calm, cool, zen, atti- zen attitude about that that I always admired and I'm curious about. So I'm curious about you know, her courage to launch into so many cool things, her entrepreneurial spirit, and at the same time, just being an overall badass person and mom. So with that, let's meet Helen Petty. Helen. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I want to dive into uh, just some of the fun things you're doing. You know, we're going through it, it. You know, when I wrote my book, I wrote it pre-COVID. And then as I finished it while we were in the middle of all this craziness. Mm. And at first I was like, well, maybe this isn't an appropriate time to release this kind of thing. But then I thought... I start seeing it's relevant. People people feel stuck and people feel scared and they don't know what to do. And we've been in this stupid situation for a year now mm-hmm. and we'll be living through it for probably another three to six months. So a couple months into it, I was frustrated and bored and I just started diving into stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And because of the magic of social media, I saw you doing the same things, making bagels and renovating and doing fun things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I'm always just curious, like, you know, let's, I would, I kind of would be fun to hear how you, you know, where your inspiration and drive came to, to starting your own business and some of the other fun things you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you want to talk about Chop Shop first. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that was pre-pandemic, so there wasn't that <laughs> to grapple with or consider. But um, I had been a hairstylist for many years and a single mom, and I think I kind of just saw that there was only so far that you were going to come up against a wall. Like I think happens with a lot of people in whatever career they're in. Um that you know, I can. There's only so many hours in a day, and I only want to spend so many of those hours actually behind the chair doing work that's physically hard and emotionally hard. Um, <clears throat> so, I would, you know, I had a little bit of a high-mindedness behind it, but if I'm being completely honest, it was I need to make more money mm-hmm. and support my child, and you know, also spend time with them. So I can't spend all my time doing that. And what can that look like? Um, and then also I wanted a place that I wanted to work. I had worked, I've worked for a lot of great people, but you know, there's a culture that happens sometimes and, um, I guess any workplace, but salons kind of feel specific. Um, and I didn't like it and I didn't like the physical space I was working in. Like it didn't feel good to go into the last place I went. I had already gone out working for myself and I was renting a space. And it was dark and it was awful and there were no windows and it just like physically did not feel good to go there every day. And I think a lot of people don't 
Um, people think of like design as like extraneous sometimes or, you know, it can be expensive and this and that. But I mean, like having a window is really important, you yeah. know? And like if you go into someone's house and the TV's on and the radio's playing and like you're like, this feels stressful, you know? Um, so so I wanted to have a place that I could work in with people who were like-minded. Um, and that's gonna, so I started just poking around and looking for buildings and it seemed insane, honestly, to think like that I could do that. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, why not? You know, I'm looking at all these other people who've done things like this and like, what do they have that I don't have? And the answer is nothing. They just did it, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, that was kind of the impetus behind it, like why I did it. Um, yeah, so that was almost, well, the summer it'll be five years ago um, that that we opened and it was incredibly stressful, but um, worth it. And, you know, not to go on too long, but I think one of the things I realized in the process is that, um, especially now with technology, I mean, I could Google how to write a business plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I dropped out of high school and I got my GED. I did not go to college. Yep. I mean, I took a few art, art classes, you know, but yeah. I didn't. I don't have a business degree. Yeah. I don't have any parental support. There was no one who was going to give me any money. So it's like, okay, how do I apply for a business loan? Mm-hmm. What's collateral? What does that look like? What am I saying? I mean, and you have all of the answers like in your pocket yes. all day long. It's kind of astounding. And if you don't know what something means and you just Google what that means and you know, you how do how do I get support in St. Louis? Oh, there's the SBA. You can get a mentor, and somebody will help you for free. I mean, it's kind of astounding. And yeah, I can set up a Square account and take payments from my phone for free. Right. The Square account costs nothing. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. So I feel like if you're willing to just put in a little bit of the sweat equity, you can, you know, you can get far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you said you. I love that because there's <clears throat> everybody. Many, many people have those same kind of frustrations, but but find reasons to say no. Mm. I'm either I can't do that or I can't do it unless it's in the most expensive place in the world or I can't do it. it I, for whatever reason, they, they shut themselves down before it even starts. Mm, mm-hmm. And so, and you see your example of like, well, other people are doing it. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. And I think I, I love that. And so, do you? Thanks. Is um, and and then the idea too, like so many people, well, also setting boundaries. I think was an important part of what you said. I didn't. You wanted more time for yourself. Wanted more time for your son. You wanted to create a work environment that you were excited to be in. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about TGIF. It's well, I'm spending forty plus hours a week doing this thing. Shouldn't it be in a nice place that I'd like to be at? Absolutely. Yeah. So, do you have any idea, like, what, so, like, where your your confidence or drive came to say to say to say yes to those things? To say I'm I'm just not going to tolerate this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think some of it's just in, inherent. You know, I, it's um, I think you can absolutely cultivate that, but for me just got lucky, I guess. But I mean, uh, lucky in the sense of like, I think that's my natural bend of my personality. But um, unlucky, maybe if you look at it one way or lucky in another way, but honestly, the way I grew up, which was extremely poor, um, you know, both of my parents were in prison for a couple years when I was a kid. Um, So I was in foster care with a couple of my brothers got out. Parents didn't really stop using drugs, but got us back. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom violated her parole, and that's how we ended up in St. Louis, because she had to leave the state of California or she was going to go back to prison. Oh, wow. And we were um, homeless for a little while, so luckily weren't on the streets. We got into a shelter because she had kids, so it's easier for you know a person with children to get into a shelter um, than just an individual. But um, yeah, so I think you know, and there's a a lot more to that, of course, but those are kind of, you know, what is it? The, is it necessity is the mother of an invention? Is that yes. the phrase? Yeah, so yeah. 
there wasn't really another there wasn't another option you mm. know if i wasn't going to do it then no one was going to do it for me you know i didn't have um my parents to fall back on or their money to fall back on or even like a home to go back to you mm-hmm. know like oh, if this does you know so it's like this is going to work you know i'm not going to take huge risks so if it doesn't <laughs> it falls apart i'm not going to be totally destitute but so yeah, I think the the drive to just say yes and to do it and why not me is is honestly comes from a lot of those experiences growing up, just not having much and realizing that no one was going to give it to me. Yeah. So I kind of had to make it happen for myself, and um, you know, it's kind of interesting having a child now and being in a different situation than I was growing up, able to give them a lot more and a lot more stability. And so you're like, okay, you know, how much, like, how do I create enough adversity for them? <laughs> like, yes. So they don't like take things for granted. So they realize that they have, to, you know, like the same kind of spirit of like, I'm going to say yes to this. I'm going to do this thing. I, I can do it or I can at least try, mm-hmm. um, you know, without having them go through maybe some of the like kind of really horrible stuff I did. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, how do I find that balance? But yeah, I mean, I think honestly, um, I looked at, I was never ashamed of my childhood or my parents or anything, but I think I spent a lot of time being angry about it, you know, that like, well, imagine where I could have been if I had had, you know, the means or the support or, you know, if I hadn't had to drop out of high school or, you know, all of these things, but then I wouldn't be who I am. Mm-hmm. And so you can play that game with yourself all day long of like, well, if I would have had this, it's like, well, if you would have had that, then maybe you wouldn't have worked so hard to get this or said yes to this because you didn't have to. So, you know, I I don't wish it upon anyone, but I'm definitely um, happy with who I am today and glad that that was my experience because I think I wouldn't be here if I hadn't had that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. <clears throat> There's a, uh... You know, I, I've thought about that with some of myself. Like, so, you know, my, my mom, my parents were divorced when I was five and we were never poor or homeless, but money was always, always a thing. Yeah. And my mom worked a lot of hours and a lot of overtime as a secretary in a horrible 1980s all-men smoke-filled <laughs> environment yeah. and would come home stressed and and then we would like go to shopping to three different places on the Saturday with coupons to get the best deals and totally so and then you know sometimes to we would like my brother and I would like ride our bikes around the neighborhood and collect aluminum cans and if there was an aluminum chair we would do those things just to get extra money you know yeah and it was and you're right like I think about like I never told my kids to go do that or or some of the things that I went through, they didn't. And then, so you're like, yeah, do they appreciate things the same way or will they try the same? And I, I, I struggle with that too. Um, and then your your philosophy of if, if, if whatever happened hadn't happened, it wouldn't be where you are. Mm-hmm. There's a really, uh, one time I was really struggling with something. It was actually in therapy and the, the, my therapist recommended a book called Many Masters, Many Lives. Have you? I haven't read it. Okay. It's it's all about reincarnation. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and the whole concept was, you know, we're, we choose we choose the exact circumstances we're born into mm-hmm. for whatever lessons we need to learn. Yep. And if we learn those, then we go on to the next life. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and to whatever new lessons we need to learn. And if we don't, we just keep repeating it. And the book was really compelling. I don't, I didn't have like a really strong belief one way or the other. Sure. But when it was done, I was like, I was, I was kind of confused because I'm like, wow, this is really believable. Mm-hmm. And, but then I, I took a step back and I was like, okay, so it's either true or false. Mm-hmm. But either way, the lesson and that philosophy is powerful and beautiful. Totally. Right? I love that because I've, you know, people talk about uh, destiny or kismet or, you know, like these kind of, those kind of ideas or even that idea of like you're, you know, you you chose where you were because you had to learn these lessons. Move on. Like all of that stuff. And like you said, it really doesn't matter if those things are real or mm-hmm. if they're true. I think what's amazing about humans is that we are able to 
put meaning into something to keep it moving. So whether there is meat, like I'm air quoting here, yeah. meaning in something, like we can find it. And even in some pretty dark circumstances, and then that is, we find something that compels us then to move on mm-hmm. or to make something of that or, you know, whatever. And I think that's a, like that's the beauty right there. It doesn't matter if these things, whatever it is, are true or real, but like we have an ability to find something in it and then keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's people that have been given all the circ- all the opportunity in the world and they have all the money in the world and they they destroy their lives. Like sometimes mm-hmm. literally kill themselves yeah. from from destructive behavior and and they've been given everything. And and so um that's that's not always the solution either. But yeah, yeah, just having that philosophy of like, if if I chose this, then why? Mm-hmm. What what lesson am I supposed to learn here? Because it's over either way. It's over, mm-hmm. and then you can choose, I guess, how to heal from it or what to learn from it to take to try to go on to the next thing. Totally, it's yeah. a co- it's cope. It's like learning how to cope, right? Like I'm going to find something in this, and like this was terrible. This is horrible, but. What little tiny piece can I take to move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, you're just carrying it. We're carrying it with you through life, and it's hurting. Who, if somebody hurt you or broke your heart or whatever, and you're carrying that with you twenty years later, they're they're not thinking about you no. anymore. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. They're off hurting somebody else or doing whatever they're yeah. doing. Totally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. That that's and and, and I I thought about that too. So with some of my coping mechanisms through. The, the plague. Mm. Um, and I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but just how I've, um, when, when I was a kid, if I was in a timeout, then I would um, sometimes forget that I was in the timeout. I'd start reading my books or playing with my toys or whatever. And, and I, I kind of went back to some of those, those, um, habits or patterns with this. Totally. I'm, I'm, online look yeah you look online looking you looking up stuff or learning new things or whatever it might be just because i can't yeah i can't go to rise and see you and other friends that i have there yeah because we were all in a giant timeout right exactly (laughs) everyone collectively no yeah (laughs) the whole world was in a timeout so what are we gonna and we have probably three to six months or so of that so it's it sucks but if Mm -hmm. if at some point, if you're still angry about it and not doing anything, you're only hurting yourself. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, it, it is like, what is is that? Is that is that nature? Is that nurture? Is it from circumstances? Where does that come from? And I don't. I I wonder about that, and and I love it when I see it in other examples. Totally. I mean, I wonder about it too, and that's kind of what I was saying in the beginning when I said like a little bit of luck, just a personality I was born with, because you know, in co- like conversations like these, like I think they're important for people who are feeling a little stuck or a little, but you don't want to like get into that like toxic positivity mindset because like, you know, you don't want to leave people out. Like if people are like struggling with some serious mental health issues or, Mm -hmm. you know, actual chemical imbalances and, but you know, it's not like, Hey, just uh, find the positive and move on, bro. You know, like, no, (laughs) no, absolutely. So it's like, you have to acknowledge like um, nature, nurture a little bit in an, of inherent whatever that I just feel lucky to have. It's not, it's, you know, there definitely is a lot of work, but I think sometimes people with anything, you know, mm-hmm. want to be like, well, I did that. And it's like, I did do that. But also, you know, mm-hmm. I think I just got, a, I drew a lucky card when I was born with it, you know, instead of like all of that adversity crushing me, mm-hmm. like it can for so many people. Uh, I just was born with a certain personality and there were a few really key people along the way that kind of stepped in. Yes. And, you know, you can't leave those people out of the story either. You know, there were my neighbors when I was growing up in California, mm-hmm. some wonderful lesbian couple who later adopted four children, um, but this was before they had adopted them. And it's so crazy. I, they were around 35 at the time. I'm 40 now. So when I was 35, I was like, wow, that's what they were doing then. Like they took me in. They took another little girl in that had pretty unstable situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on vacations with them. So like I got a view of what normalcy could look like in a family. Um, And they were also huge activists. They were like, you know, 
ardent feminist. And so they took me to my first protest ever. And that absolutely informed who I am today. You know, so it's like, and when I look back on it on the course of my childhood, I was like, oh, that was like a pretty short period of time that we lived next door to them. And I had those experiences. It was probably a couple of years, Mm -hmm. but it was like transformative. And I'm still in contact with them today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's, and and that's what I tried to be. I'm glad you brought that up, the toxic positivity. I mean, I, I, in my book, I try to explain that for 40 years, I just beat the crap out of myself and was unhappy and yeah. was in denial and didn't understand and didn't know myself, didn't truly really like like myself. Yeah. And it took, it took some really tough, hard lessons before I finally gave up and then tried to look for some help. And then it was, it was lessons and then whatever for whatever reason I decided to and positive people that came into my life or lessons and things like that. So yeah, thanks thanks for that. That's 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 very important. And again, I don't I've I've been in places where I was trying to talk myself into doing stuff and all I could think of is like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you'll you'll look back on one of these days. No, stop. Right. I don't that now's not the time. Right. Right now it's just horrible. I'm gonna lean into that for a second. Yeah, Yeah, and and for me, whatever that is, diving into video games for Mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours and be being a really good cowboy in Red Dead Redemption or something, you know. Yeah. That's my, you know, escape or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but cool. And then you mentioned, you know, you did you you started Chop Shop five years ago. Yeah. And and since then you opened a second location. I did. Which is amazing. Yeah. And it's Chop Shop East and it's literally three doors east yeah. of the original. <laughs> so people are like, East is that in Illinois? I'm like, it's about fifty feet. Just you can almost down that do way. a bridge, like a like a, <laughs> a skywalk. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. That's so cool. But that that's a because the idea of opening Starting a business is hard. You know? It is. And the first five to 10 years is hard. And the idea of doing it and then doing it again is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, it'll, so that this summer will be three years that that was open. So yeah, five years and then three years coming up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a testament to your, the things you said at the very beginning of, I was frustrated in like the environment and like the physical environment as well as the work environment. And other people obviously felt the same way. Totally. And were excited to be a part of your collective. Yeah, yeah. I just needed more space. And and uh, I had a great response to the first one. And so that's how the second one happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, let's do it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> and then one thing I want to say too is like a lot of, you're just putting your head down and your ability to, to say, well, why not me? Dive in, do the research. Whether you're having, whether you ever had a an active conversation with your son about that or not, he's he's absorbing all that and seeing that as a cool example. Um, my mom was born in 1940, and if you would have called her a feminist, she would have been offended. <laughs> she was like, yeah. oh, "These feminists, you know, like so yeah. that generation." But she, as a single mom, taught me. That you can just do things, mm-hmm. like like she taught me how to mow the grass and start the lawnmower, and as well as sew a button and cook and take care of the house and whatever needed to be done, she just did it and totally. didn't didn't say she just again she would have like been offended if you called her a feminist, mm-hmm. but she taught me she taught me like I never I never questioned what 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 men and women's role should or shouldn't be in terms of a house and doing things and and stuff like that so. Um, I credit a lot of my ability in, to, to, to dive into projects to watching her have to learn how to do stuff and just doing it. Totally. Pre-internet. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. I, you know, before I had a cell phone, because uh, I'm, I'm old, just old enough to, you know, I didn't get one until I was 19, right? You know, and even then it wasn't what we have today. It was yeah. like a flip phone and, you know. Um, yeah, totally. But like when I was a teenager, I was like 16, I had my license. I was like, taking trips to go to these punk rock festivals. And like now I'm like, oh my God, how did I even do that? How did I know where to go? It's like, it's crazy how quickly you're just like, well, I don't need a map anymore. Don't need to know how to do that, you know? Um, yeah, so it's pretty amazing that, you know, and I was actually thinking when you were speaking earlier about kind of your how you grew up and clipping coupons and going to three different stores. And, you know, and it's interesting that you 
you know, your day job, you kind of, I'm, you know, like the connections of like always having to be so careful about money because there wasn't a lot of it. And then, you know, and then you, that's what you do. Like you teach mm-hmm. people how to be responsible and this is what you need to do and this is how you organize and you don't have to have that much to do the things that you want to do. And like, you know, so it's like you took that with you too, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, not to speak for you, but, you know, this just seems like a very clear thread to me. So it's like you took those hardships and again, turned it into like a career or or something that you can help people with or help yourself with or your boys or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Well, th- yeah, and, and you know, it was, I, I, there was a chapter I wrote about that, that like, that was not, so 12-year-old Carlo wasn't like, I'm going to be a financial planner. <laughs> right? I wanted to be an astronaut. No. Yeah, yeah, totally. Then I got glasses and I'm like, well, I can't be a pilot, so damn it. Yeah. But Egyptologist, that was <laughs> that was what I was going to be. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Really strange fascination when I was a kid. Yeah. It's a fascinating culture. Yeah, it really is. Um, but it was 10 years into this career, I was doing this marketing workshop and the guy had us close our eyes and you know, imagine back when you were a kid and and um, what things you did that may have driven you to where you are now. And it was that image of me, us sitting at the kitchen table, clipping coupons, and then with my mom had a recipe, so she's like, okay, these are the things that are on sale. This is what I already have. How does that line up with my recipes? Totally. And those were our meals. Yeah. And and then, like, literally, like, um, rolling coins that I collected. Yeah, and those little paper tubes. Yes, you know. Um, And it was, it was, uh, you know, you're you're familiar with the whole uh, Jungian concept of shadow? Mm, Maybe. Okay, so Can you give me a brief? So a shadow is anything that we've kind of repressed. Okay. And so it can be a fear or it can be something we're really attracted to. Um, People don't think about that way, but like, um, if someone really annoys you or, or, or bothers you or something um, really agitates you when someone's late, for instance, it's often something that's in ourselves that we don't like. Totally, 100%. And same, same thing, like if we're, we're really infatuated with someone because of whatever reason, it's something in ourselves that we won't acknowledge, mm-hmm. that we won't, we won't say that, oh, I'm smart or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. So this money, I had a money shadow, this whole fear of lack. And it was just always a thing. And like my parents fighting about money and, you know, mom asking me to, like well, you're talking to my dad, ask your dad where the child support is. Like, uh, dad, he said he sent it. It's not here <laughs> oh, yet. Man. Well, you know, I'm, I'm like nine-year-old Carlo becoming a financial advisor, you know. Totally. Um, and it was years later that I finally realized. And that's, yeah. But th- th- you're right. Like those those things impact you, um, and I've been trying to restructure what I do because it, it all of it is so much about fear. Mm-hmm. No matter how much someone has. Oh my gosh, that's scarcity. So the scarcity mentality. Um, just so my best friend, she lives in Portland. Her name's Ashley, and she and I had, um, you know, some of the details are different, but the overarching themes are very similar. And we talk about it a lot, just that idea of like when you um, grow up in those circumstances, it doesn't matter where you get or how much you have. Like it's so, it's almost, it feels impossible to shake that like undercurrent that's always there, that fear of like, it's going, like it's all going to fall apart. It's all going to go away. You know, she is self-employed. She's an artist also. And so, you know, I think there's like, there's not that paycheck every two weeks to fall. I mean, it's like terrifying. And you don't, it's like, okay, you know, back to kind of what we were speaking about earlier. It's like, how do I use that in a positive way instead of letting it like overtake my life? So it's kind of interesting to hear you say you're, you know, kind of moving a little or shifting what you do to kind of shift because you don't want to work from a place of fear Mm -hmm. or, or maybe you do, but you know, just this much, this tiny bit so you can, Shift it in a good way and just not let it like crush you. Right. Well, what one the things I learned was like to be more focused on how I spend my time and money, so that because the the trap Americans get in is they they think you know if I could just earn this amount of money then I'd be happy. Oh, yeah. Then then they get there and their lifestyle rises to where they have to have that amount of money and there's no extra. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then, then they, if I just had this kind of house, I'd be happy. Totally. Oh, and then if the bathrooms looked like this, then I'd be happy. Yep. And it's just like this black hole that you're throwing money at to try to be happy. And because it's the black hole just absorbs it all, then, then no matter how much you make, it's not enough. Absolutely. And wherever you go, there you are. So you could, you know, like you get that bathroom, you get the new house, you get the car, and it's like, you're still there. Mm-hmm. You're still you. And it's, you know, there was a study that I can't remember all the details, but it was something like there was a, there was a baseline, you know, according to the year you're in and the country you're in. So let's say, you know, 2020 America, like that if you're a family of, I don't know, two, uh, I'm making up numbers, but the idea was like, you need 40 grand. Uh, or 50 grand or something a year to, um, you know, housing, food, kind of basic like needs met for a human. Mm -hmm. And then it was like every $10,000 after that, you know, the first $10,000 over that was like, it's a big bonus, you know, like a real rise and kind of just like ease of not feeling worried all the time and, you know, quote unquote happiness. Mm -hmm. And then every marker above that, it was just diminishing and diminishing returns like rapidly. So do exactly what you're saying because money won't fill that void. You need, you know, you do need a baseline. So you're not yes. like worried all the time you have a house, you know, a roof over your head, whatever food to eat. But um, but that better bathroom, there's always gonna be a better bathroom. You right. know, like and kind of like what you were speaking of earlier, like, you know, people who were raised with a lot of means and like their lives just falling apart. It's because that's like that isn't there has to be something behind it, you mm-hmm. know. Um yeah, so it's you can it's like just chasing and chasing it just for that sake. It's like like you said, you're just going to keep raising the bar of like the lifestyle you're living, and like and then and then what? And mm-hmm. then where are you? You know? Yeah, and you 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 mentioned education earlier, so like I I think a lot of people that that have come out of college in the last decade or so. Their whole high school time period was like, you got to get good grades, you got to join the glee club, and you mm-hmm. got to do this to get to the best college you can. And then they get they go they get in and go to the best college, which often also means the most expensive college. Mm-hmm. And then they come out of that saddled, and then they work really hard through all that, and they come out saddled with a mortgage worth of debt. Totally. Um, but thinking they've been they've they're. 21, 22 years old and have been working like an adult in terms of the t- thinking that now that now is there's the payoff. Right. <laughs> but it's but that's when it begins. Totally. <laughs> and you know, the thought process you went through of like, I'm gonna start a business. So what resources you were like, and I did the same thing with like when I started my business of like you know, I was the tech guy and I was literally running cables through the ceiling mm-hmm. and I was and again, I'm not like, look at me, look at me. I'm just like you, I, people were telling people, I did my first office didn't have windows because we, we went in a basement because we couldn't yeah. afford an office with windows. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, with college, you know, if people thought about college the same way you did about starting a business, mm-hmm. if, 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 what if the SBA would have come to you and said, we'll loan you $200,000, or and maybe that's not enough to start a business, but but th- that's what happens with eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. They just became old enough to take out a contract. Mm-hmm. They never took a personal finance class, regardless of most most high schools, even the most expensive high schools in the class. They don't study personal finance. They don't know how to. They don't know really how a checking account works. Yep. And they're given financial aid programs, mm-hmm. which are loans. Right. You know, <laughs> my oldest son is a math major. He. Mm. He makes me feel. I I read his last paper before he graduated. I didn't understand it. (laughs) I don't. I like. I was looking up words. I'm like. I don't know what this means because just proof it for grammar and stuff. Okay, Uh, so I did that. Um, But when he was coming out of high school, he his school was pushing him to the most prestigious schools possible because if you don't go there, your life. He felt like his life would be ruined. And and we looked at the numbers, and I'm like, this is what I've budgeted. And this is, you know, your scholarships or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you go here, you'll come out of. I don't. I don't want to say the name. I don't want to get in trouble. But like sure. one of the schools with tuition, room and board and books was sixty thousand a year. Wow. And they gave him a fifteen thousand dollars scholarship, <laughs> and the rest of it was financial aid. Yeah. And so I looked. I'm like, you'll come out of school with 
is eighty thousand dollars of debt, and then I I ran the numbers for him. I was like, you know, this is the interest rate, and you'll pay it off. It was, you know, you know, you've looked at your mortgage. Like, if you pay it off over thirty years, yes. I showed him how much it would cost him to pay it off, and on top of that, you're paying it off with after-tax dollars. Totally. So you have to earn a dollar thirty to get a dollar or whatever. And I showed him all that, and he was really upset with me because everyone in his life was pushing him to make this decision because mm. he felt like. He was upset with me because he thought I was telling him to ruin his life. Right. And I was like, dude, like you come out of, you come out of school here versus here. And then when you, you know, I was helping him, trying to help him make a decision just like you would with a business. Mm-hmm. And he got really, we got really tense. We never fought about anything. Yeah. And so we had this big, long discussion and we ate dinner in silence. Wow. Just like. I was kind of upset. I'm like, he's <laughs> yeah. mad at me. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we got done. And he sat down his fork and he's like, you know, uh, Graham and I are lucky you understand this stuff, Dad. I was like... Amazing. I was like, I didn't expect to hear that till you were like 35. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But that's what... that's So we get the situation where kids are... They're, they're told going to college is the answer. Even, even, you know, this whole thing of like everybody, college should be free so everybody, everybody can go. Everybody doesn't need to go to college. Right. There are, we've got a huge shortage of housing right now because there aren't enough contractors and there aren't oh. enough electricians. And Tell it, me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those are good jobs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a friend of mine from uh, a long time ago, like he's a plumber and all through after the 2008 crisis, he never was slow on work because if you're probably, if your pipe breaks, you got to fix it, you know? hundred like, percent. Yeah. And, and as electricians, you know, we're, we're in the point, we're, we're at the precipice of like electrifying and putting solar on everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to need, I don't know what the number it is, hundreds of thousands, millions yes. of electricians to totally. do all that kind of stuff. And this idea that, this idea that you're almost shamed if you don't go to college is just, just dumb. And it's, and it's creating, uh, a generation that's saddled with debt and then depressed because they're like, I was told if I did this, this would, this was the key. Totally. It's like, uh, that really resonates with me. And I'll just tell a quick story, but I wanted to say what you were doing for your child was giving that you were giving them, they could, it was informed consent. That's what it is, you know, because they're going to be responsible for paying that money back. Mm-hmm. And like you said, even the terminology, financial aid, that's not, this is a loan. Yes. And you're going to make money off of me. So, like, let's just be clear. Mm-hmm. You know, financial aid sounds really altruistic. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, they're running a business. It's a financial aid package. It's right. like a gift, right? <laughs> right. You're open it. <clears throat> you know, be responsible for it for the rest of your life. Um, but recently, um, you know, I'd love to, I just love to overload myself with stuff to do. But so I was looking, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe at this point in my life being, you know, this old and the businesses are going and, uh, you know, I'm in this house that I expect to be in for a while or whatever, you know, like, I should get my degree now. You know, that's what I was. And so I started poking around and I got, uh, like, my transcripts from my community college days, my art classes that, you know, satisfy, like, one semester worth of, you know, a bachelor's, whatever, Um and I'm not saying I'm not going to do it, but just speaking to kind of like that, like uh, there's a shame in like, I didn't go to school mm-hmm. and I don't, I, you know, or I dropped out of high school, you know? Um, and so I had to like, and I'm still sitting with it like now, cause I was like, okay, so Jewish studies, that was, I'm Jewish. That was going to be the, my, you know, my path of course that I was going to get a degree in. And I'm still sitting with it. Cause I was like, why, why? Why do I want to do that? You know, mm-hmm. why do I want to pay the money, spend my time, which is like invaluable, mm-hmm. doing this? And is it because so I can say that I did this, like, look at me, I dropped out, but I did this. And the, and like, where is it for the knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, my shul, well, there's classes all day long for free with the rabbis that I already do. Yes. You know? And I was like, so... They have Talmud classes. They have, you know, it's a super progressive synagogue, you know, all sorts of like social justice things that are, you know, that's like my bread and butter Mm -hmm. that I can get involved in or learn about. I mean, and I was like, so all of this is free (laughs) to to me. Uh, What, so, you know, is it so I can have that piece of paper and stamped and, you know, 
you know, there's language courses with the Jewish studies. You learn Hebrew. I'm already learning Hebrew. I've been learning it for years. Again, for $30 right. for each year from, you know, Maggie mm-hmm. at CRC. You know, like, so I was like, so what, I, like, what am I doing here? Am I chasing just that recognition that even like having lived an unconventional life, you know, people are like, oh, you just do what you want. And I'm like, yeah, but man, it's so impossible to shake. You know, even my conversations with um, Tegan, you know, it's my child. It's like, you know, I'm like, you're going to go to, you're going to go to school. You're going to go to school. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Like what, you know, I want Tegan to figure out what they're going to do, be relatively happy, be financially secure, you know, all of those things that are important. But like, maybe it's not going to four-year college. Maybe that's just because I didn't do it. Like, you know, they said yesterday at dinner that um, they were going to do a gap year. And, you know, my visceral reaction was like, the fuck are you talking about? No, you're not. And then I was like, why? Why is that? You know, and I was like, I, and so I just stepped back from it because I was like, I think it's like a, even having done all these things I've done, it's like, that's still there just from like the American dream and what you're supposed to do. And, you know, this, like you said, like you, high school's this, get the good grades, so you could get to this and da, da, da. And then you get this job that makes you miserable. And I mean, it's just like, mm-hmm. for what? Like, what are we doing here? You know, so- yeah, it's a. Uh, it's hard not to repeat those patterns, even if you've broken them yourselves in some ways. You know. Absolutely, and and you know it never, it it never ends, like because I went I went to UMSL, mm-hmm. and I always felt like, oh should I should I go should I get a master's should I go to get a master's at a more prestigious school and totally. then same thing and then I would and then I would look at like an MBA program and look at it was going to be some stupid number, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, but I'm an entrepreneur. And my clients, I won't make any more money. Right. I won't, I can't do my job any better. The things I need to learn, I can dive in versus learning things that are just on a test. So I I did, you know, I started, you know, getting books on tape and things like that. And I did, so, and then, and I, I I wrote about this in the book is that when I was starting to learn Italian, that I started to have the, I, I learned enough to get by the first time we went over to meet my family. Then again, I'm like, well, maybe I should get a degree in Italian. Right, but you know, same thing. And then so totally. I looked around and, and SLU was the closest school that, that offered a degree and it looked really neat, but that, that would work with my schedule and time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the class was, was thousands of dollars per class plus books and fees and whatever. And I think, I think it was three grand for a class, something like that. Oh, wow. And I was just mad. I was like, I had just gone over there for weeks for you know for we spent I mean it's a lot of money but we spent six grand for three weeks in four cities and did all these things amazing okay so I was like I could go over there for less than that and then I looked into it and for for half the cost of a class I spent two full weeks in Florence in a (laughs) class that was four hours a day yeah one and and the first week was two students and the teacher. The second was me and the teacher. Mm -hmm. And then when I wasn't in class, I was still in Italy. So I had more hours of education just in classroom time. And then all the bonus hours of when I was just going to museums and walking around and talking to people and I'd sit at communal tables and restaurants and start talking to people. Incredible. Right? So for, and and the big chunk of the cost was getting there. So like, had I been able to stay for a month, it would have been monumentally less expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, let's give people financial aid to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're going to, you know, that whole idea, if we're going to give people loans, like, like that's invaluable. Like it's way, I mean, you know, I'm not disparaging anyone who's gone to get a degree and gone down that path. I mean, it's right. a lot of hard work and I, you know, like everyone does their own thing, but just this, you know, really want to push back against that like societal expectation that that's what you need to do, right. you know, to to be this or to be an expert or to know this or whatever, because um, it's bullshit. Right. Well, and I wish schools and society gave 18-year-olds the tools and decisions to make that decision. Mm-hmm. I, I've told, I, I looked at it one day, Someone came to see me and I looked at the debt they had from school and I just, mm. I, w- I felt physically ill. Yeah. And I thought, if, if, if you and I wanted to go start a, a pizza restaurant mm. and we had no collateral and we went to the bank and said, we need this many thousands of dollars, they'd be like, okay, have you run a restaurant before? 
Have you worked at a restaurant before? <laughs> What's your collateral? How are you going to pay this back? Totally. They, where's your business plan? They'd want to want it. They'd want to make. If you but if you went to take your financial aid package, like I think I'm going to study social work. Um, they wouldn't be like, well, maybe you shouldn't get a two hundred thousand dollars social work degree, right? Right. We need, and that's not to disparage that. I'm not picking on that career. Like those are no, yeah. You have to look at how what's my earnings potential, and so is it worth? Will I earn any more? One time on a on a college night thing with with one of my sons, it was a it was like a group setting, and there were four college counselors, mm. and they were saying, well, at the end of the day, you know. You know, some of us at the table went to Ivy League schools, and some of us went to public schools, and we're all working the same job. So, whatever decision your child makes is okay. Totally. And I want to be like, time out here. <laughs> Did you hear what you just said? <laughs> You're all learning the same thing. Uh-huh. So maybe it does matter this decision your child makes. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think social work uh, is. It's funny because I was thinking, like over the course of this conversation, a friend of mine who has a social work degree from a very prestigious university here in town. And um, I just think it's a great example, not because like like you said, picking on that career, but because it's historically undervalued, mm-hmm. underpaid. And if you're paying this much, I mean, you, you will just never, yeah. never make up the difference. Yeah. It'd be like starting your business, the exact same business, borrowing, you know, 100,000 versus 500,000. Mm-hmm. And you got all the same, you got the exact same equipment, Totally, and you could say, "Well, you know, the you know the 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 chrome on the scissors was a little bit better, or whatever it is." Right. But does it does it cut hair different, or does it? You know, right. are you? And it's really what you do after school. And I was trying to show my son that I'm like Sam Walton because he was looking at Mizzou. I'm like Sam Walton went to Mizzou. You know, mm-hmm. like some of the billionaires didn't mm-hmm. even. It's not even about some of the, many people didn't even graduate school and they started great careers. Like, right. it's not a, not about that. It's about what you do after. Totally, yeah. You know, so. I've, and it, sorry, <laughs> I don't know. We got we get in on that, but I yeah. I think that it breaks my heart to see this pattern happening over and over again. Because a parents, many parents have never borrowed anything other than to buy a house or car, so they don't really understand finance. Even mm-hmm. even people I work with for over the years that are experts at whatever it is they do, mm-hmm. they don't really understand how banking works mm-hmm. or a CD or a mutual fund or whatever thing. And they may have lots of them, but they don't understand them. So, and then they're. And then the parents feel pressure to have the most prestigious bumper sticker on their car of where their kid goes to school. So they might be pressuring their kids to go somewhere because they want to say, well, where my, my child goes here. And then the kid feels that because all their, all their friends are making those decisions. Mm-hmm. And all my friends are doing it. All my friends are borrowing lots and lots of money. And, and I've heard some, I feel it breaks my heart. Oh, I'll never be out of the money. So you then once you're, if you're in that situation, I'm not trying to depress anyone else either. Then you figure out, then you make a plan. You sit down, find a financial planner and like, well, how much do I need to earn to pay it off? Or well, how can I change my lifestyle to, to, to adjust that? That's your situation. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. Then now, now is time to understand finance and build a plan to get out of that. Totally. There are ways out. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if that's where you ended up because you, you know, you didn't have the tools and no one gave them to you, like absolutely, like you said, you just have to sit down, and make a plan. There are ways out, which is kind of back to what we were talking about. Like you can take this little this, oh, this is pretty terrible. This is kind of this is ruining my life right now. Okay. I'm going to move forward. Yes. How am I going to move forward? It yes. does not have to crush me. It doesn't have to end me. Like I can still have a life, do the things I want. Like mm-hmm. might not, might be kind of, might be kind of crappy for a couple of years, <laughs> yep. you know, but like then you're going to be, you know, on a way better path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also have this expectation of like, you know, where Americans live. When, when I, when I got divorced, I moved. I moved to Webster before it was crazy expensive. So mm-hmm. when I sometimes now in in St. Louis, you say Webster, like ooh, you know. But right. it was it was different when I bought there. So, but when I moved and lived in the in the city, and I bought a smaller condo, so and then my all my expenses dropped because I had a condo instead of a house. Um, I got a lot of shitty judgment from people in my old life. Wow! Like, oh, how do you like that area? <laughs> is it dangerous? You know? <laughs> totally, yeah. Do you think you'll move back? Which well, also, like, not you know, calling out anyone specifically in your life, but like, what are we co- what are we coding for? What are you actually saying there? Ex- exactly. Okay. No, that's exactly like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe they don't even know. Right. I was like, just check your undercurrent of racism here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's ex- and that's ex- and I didn't. It, it was shocking to me because like you have an idea of, and again, I'm not 
picking on any, but like they, they're they're and it's maybe they're not even consciously aware of totally. their they you know but so that there was that stuff and then because of travel well well my Italian teacher one day um, I said something about there was a the, there was a time my buzzer went off from my dryer and she's like what was that and I'm like oh it was my dryer she's like do you use that all the time <laughs> I'm like yeah. And she went, Carlo. <laughs> and she's like, better care. You know, it's like, it's like I'm like, what, 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 what? And she's like, do you know how like much energy that consumes and how wasteful it is? Why don't you use a drying rack? And I'm like, well, because we have two kids and we have a lot of, she goes, Carlo, <laughs> my mom had three kids and, and we had two yeah. adults and we dried everything around our racks. Yeah, and yeah. and um, I felt really guilty, you know, just because yeah. like it's such a standard. So then I Googled like, uh, how much energy there's a, these websites that talk about your carbon footprint. Yep. And so you put in your household and size and what kind of energy you use and whatever. And it said my dryer was consuming 10% of my power. Wow. 10%. So I <laughs> I finished whatever work I had to do that day and I drove to IKEA and I bought a dryer rack. Yeah. And I've used my dryer 10 times since October of 2019. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, so my dryer is not, is probably will just not, it'll probably just last forever. Forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the in, the inconvenience is we can't wash three loads in a row. Right. Right. It takes about 24 to 36 hours, depending on the material and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So yeah. I still dry it like a comforter, I, you know, unless I dry it, unless I wash it in peak summer and put it in the sun, mm-hmm. those things just don't dry. They'll sit all sour. Sure. Or whatever. But, so just little things we can do that like, so 10%, okay, that there's the, there's the feel good of like, okay, that's 10% electricity and carbon I'm producing, but that was like $15 a month. Mm-hmm. That, that adds up. It absolutely does. And, oh. and I also love that because like, you know, I was out in the streets a lot, like over the past years with Black Lives Matter and all like, so from like an activist standpoint, like, cause people don't, I think they don't feel like, again, air quotes, activism, like it's accessible to them because they're like, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable or I have this nine to five, so I can't always be there or, you know, I have kids, you know, and so, and like, uh, you know, you might not have thought of this in like those terms really specifically, but, you know, one, saving you money, that adds up, but also like that's, like you just participated in some environmental activism. (laughs) Like, you know, you are, like it's a, that's what you're doing, so. Uh, not to take it in a totally different direction, but that's like what that kind of stuff makes me think of. It's like, didn't change our life that much. Wasn't that much work. Wasn't a huge investment to buy a drying rack from Ikea, but like, you know, you're participating mm-hmm. in in a movement. Yeah. In your own home, on your own time, whatever. For, yeah, a super small inconvenience. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that it influences my kids because mm-hmm. then they do their own, they've been doing their own laundry for four years. Nice. So once we got to about the same size, I, get, I couldn't tell our clothes. <laughs> so I, you have to do your own. Yeah, like there's your basket. You guys are in charge. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So hopefully, but yeah, there's little things like that we can do that it's because it's part of it's about the money. Because like my brain, again, for that money shadow, I'm constantly thinking, mm-hmm. oh, if I do this instead of that, then that, that saves me some time or some money. And then I can use that to do other things, you know? Right. Um, yeah. How do we get on that? Well, the most meandering <laughs> road of conversation, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's what this is about. Is so this is a journey, and so, um, yeah. So with, so with you, I just wanted to, I wanted to have you in to talk to you because again, I think you're doing fun things. You're setting, you're, you're, you've created, you've created a business that was what you wanted. That then is helping other people, and then just from the comments, I see your your customers absolutely love you. So yeah. it's a Thank you. Great experience for them. Um, I'd be there, uh, but Micah would be very jealous. Would, Micah, if you're listening, I would never, I would never try to steal Carl away from you. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he always encourages me. Uh, I joked around us, us having an open relationship because when I travel, he tells me to get haircuts yeah. in other countries. He's <laughs> like, "Oh man, cool, do it, just do it. It's really fun, you know." And so I got a haircut in Italy and Ireland, and that was a neat experience. But, but yeah, if I came to see you, be, he'd be pretty upset. So. <laughs> Uh, but I know, like I know, you've. It's, that's what makes me happy. Like you've, for you and the community, you've you've taken you took something that you saw that you didn't like, 
and created this beautiful company that then grew so fast you needed another location that your people that you work with are happy about and your customers love. And so, and then that's that's setting a beautiful, again, going back to the activism, I didn't think about that. You're setting a cool example for so many eyes that are watching like, hey, Helen did it. Why can't I? And you know what? Three people who have worked at my shop or no, wait, let me see. One, two, three, four. Four people who have worked at my shop have. Wow. All women who have gone off and started their own thing. So it's so like, cool. you know, like, yeah, you can do that, you know, and uh, I'm not patting myself on the back, but like I've helped them, gave them business advice or whatever, or this is how I did that, or, mm-hmm. you know, call this person or whatever. So like, that's amazing to see, um, you know, going back to that scarcity mentality, like, and it doesn't, you know, initially, like there might've been that little twinge of like, oh, competition, but I was like, that's not what it's about. Like there's enough for everybody. Yeah. And so it's great to see them go and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and that's exci- it's exciting because you t- you mentioned earlier like the people in your life that impacted you, and you're one of those people now for who knows how many people. Which is so weird to yeah. think of. I never think about it that way, but like when someone says that, I'm like, I guess I am. <laughs> what me? No. Like, what do I know? I don't know you're anything. The, you're the cool kid helping yeah. people. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. So no, um, it's always it's always a joy catching up with you and. Uh, I'm glad we got to do that today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. So way less awkward than I thought it was going to be. Good. <laughs> I was like, we were like, would you? What? I was like, I don't know. I just say yes to things. I just say yes because it's going to be great, and then it is. So. I'm so excited that you said. Um, look at chapter five. Okay, awesome. Yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just, yeah. Just, just, just. Oh yes, and totally the whole chapter. improv, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Which, like, um, I like, I have like a pretty strong like, um. Uh, like uh, I get embarrassed for like not people people don't need me to do it but like it's a weird reaction so like improv sometimes I'm like oh god like I can't watch it because I'm just like ready for something terrible to happen I'm like cringing the um, but you're I do, worried for the people uh, yes I don't know and they're not they're doing their thing they're having a great time it makes no sense but I like watching a TV show alone in my house I will feel that way I'm like oh my god what's gonna happen like it's just a very strange part of me um, is you're a caretaker I should yeah totally I should probably think about that a little more but I love this concept um from improv like yes and it's great it's perfect like it's a it's a great way to live your life yeah completely yeah I love that yeah I mean when you say yes because people are like well like if you have you can't say yes to everything well when you say yes to one thing then you're saying no to some other things totally. inadvertently you know so um, but yeah you, you, when I ask you you're like I think it's a why not yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend who's, you know, I know we're wrapping up here, but my friend who I mentioned earlier like asked if like we could do a podcast, like maybe, and she was like, we could just say like, we could call it like, why not us? And I was like, totally, why not us? And like, maybe one person will listen or maybe a hundred people. I mean, who knows, you yeah. know, like, but you know, you can do it. You're doing it right now. It's like, you know, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. Like you say, like I, I, you get an idea and it kind of bubbles up and then you do some research and you figure it out and then you start doing it. And, you know, the next, the one I accidentally point, followed the fun is like, well, this is fun for me right now, and I'm learning, and I'm growing, and I'm getting to have fun conversations with people, and and I'm I'm getting good feedback. People are liking it, so I'll do it as long as it's fun. Yeah, totally. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. well, cool. Well, thanks again. I'm so happy that you joined me, and um, I will put your information on the on the on the post for the for the uh, for the episode about nice. is it it's Chop Shop Style. Um, the name of the uh, website, the website, yeah, chopshopstyle.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, chopshopstyle.com. Yeah. Two locations, but both in the Grove here <laughs> yes. in St. Louis. Uh, so yeah, check them out. And every now and then I'll see posts of like, who should I get my hair cut by a color? Like, go, go check out Helen and her amazing team. Aww. So I love that. Thank okay. you. Absolutely. Uh, again, thank you again, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, that is another episode. I'm so, so happy and grateful that Helen said yes to join me today. That was super fun, and it was a really, I love it. It was such a fun, meandering conversation, but I think we hit on some really uh, important things, and I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, again, if you're looking for a stylist, don't, don't hesitate to check out chopshopstyle.com. You know, like we said in the show, they have two cool locations right here in the Grove in St. Louis. So check them out. 
Uh, don't forget to check out uh, what I'm doing here at carloblog.com. And as always, if you're liking what I'm doing, don't forget to subscribe, review, like, follow, all those fun things. Now I'm going to take a short break. I packed my lunch like I was going to grade school. Packed some cheese, turkey, apples. <laughs> I'm going to have a quick snack and then finish recording my audiobook. So I'm super excited about that. I hope you're having fun. Keep saying yes to the things that you're curious about and interested in and enjoy your journey. 